Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hello, good to see everybody as we're continuing the B series today. My name is Jerome, and today is titled B in the Word. The Word in the Wild. When the Word is in the wild, does it hold weight still? When we're out there in the wilderness where it seems dark, we could question, is God distant? We can wonder, is his word powerful in life's hardest situations? And we're going to look at when Jesus goes into the wilderness in just a moment. In life, we are either coming out of a battle, in a battle, or about to enter a battle. We're just like, oh, that's not good news today. I thought there was good news. Well, we're alive. You're breathing. But the reality is we're not here to raise up Jesus followers who are deceived. We want to be people that are sober and prepared. Now, we have a God who is with us through any battle. And that's the good news, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the sober truth is we will be in one, are in one, or coming out of one. And maybe we could define that today as, to use a little liberty, play on words, is wild. To come out of the wild, in the wild today, or entering the wild. The good news is that we have a forerunner who has went before us when we think of Jesus. We now know the other side, that he is risen and he's glorious, ascended to heaven at the right hand, waiting to return. And it's going to be a triumphant moment when we see that day when he makes all things new. Absolutely. But to even get there, we have to pause many times and say, well, how did Jesus get to that position? So what can I learn from that? Now, in movies, they'll show where a superhero gets their superpowers, right? And a superhero will oftentimes have to confront their fears or go into those dark spaces of their life, their origin story, so that they can come out of it. And today, we're looking at the superhero of superheroes, not one that's fiction, but one is truth and that is Jesus. Hebrews 6 puts it this way. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Anchor. When you're in the water, put an anchor down. Keeps you. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, when we have cars, we can do repair or we can do maintenance. Now, how many people know that it's better to be on the maintenance plan and the proactive plan than just the repair plan all the time? If we always wait for when our engine blows up, our souls can be like that. May we heed and be proactive, maintenance plan. 
to be prepared to have something stored inside of us, a savings account to put the word inside of me and you so that we can come out of the wild whole here. Looking at Matthew chapter four today. You can turn there if you have that in your Bible or you can read Along on the screen, or for those tuning in, it will also be in the screen. Or if you're driving or listening to this, you can just listen as I read it. Picking it up from verse 1, we're going to go through verse 11. And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's always, that, it, that one always makes me stop and laugh like, Matthew records, after Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I fast 40 minutes. (laughs) You ever start a fast and then you weren't even thinking about food? You could almost go a day if you're just going about and distracted. But as soon as you say you're going to fast, all you can think about, get distracted so quick. So after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, if we were to rewind in just the previous chapter, Jesus gets baptized. And a voice from heaven says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased with. So there's always already been an announcement from God the Father, a pronouncement to people and witnesses that this is the Son of God. So the devil always comes to question the identity and the ultimate question being to Jesus, look, are you the son of God? After it has already been stated. And so this is being recorded now to show us that how Jesus goes into the wilderness to take war, go into the wild, do battle. And watch in verse four, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to them, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him, being Jesus. Now, one of the first observations out the gate is that how are we getting the story recorded through Matthew when Jesus is alone by himself? Because it would be in the culture for Jewish to be passed down oral tradition, but to also have eyewitnesses. 
that all of these other accounts, there's people seeing what took place. So we must know that this story is recorded and reported to Matthew from who? Jesus. Of great significance, why? That we would understand what Jesus has done, what he's went through, and then also to set us up to understand that there is a test, there's a temptation, and that the devil is still acting like this today. So this is to give us a heed or a warning, but to also show us ultimately the forerunner of how he went before us. So if you're into football, I've referenced the Lions last week, and we've been waiting for a long time. Not me specifically. I'm not a Lions fan, but those we I share because the body of Christ, if some of you were cheering for the Lions, you waited a long time for them to get there. And when they got there, you waited a long time, so the roar and the cheer was exciting. Now, in football, you have a lead blocker sometimes if you're going to go through the hole. Jesus is the ultimate lead blocker. Locker, we go behind him. We're never going to be strong enough. We're never good enough. And he went before us to complete and score the touchdown. Jesus is the one. He's the forerunner. He's the one who won the war. He went to the battle for us. But there is still a battle today. And if we go about it in our own accord. Now, some people will say, just because the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Well, I find the strongest reason to care about the word because the one who saved me in the wild, in the battle, while tempted, while tested, used the word to overcome the devil. Like that hits differently. So what's the play for the playbook? How do we win well, we got to be proactive to have the word in us. Jesus went to the wilderness because he's human. Jesus went to those face-to-face with ourselves and the shortcomings where he was tempted in every way that you and I will face. Now, we're not here to have a confession on stage, but if we were to, for a moment, put all of our sins on the screen, if there was a highlight this week of everything that has happened, either in our mind or actions, we'd be like, oh my goodness. You and me, we can't overcome sin in our own flesh. It's the Spirit of God and the Word of God that helps us overcome the wild. So we have to be in the Word, or to in other ways, like the Word in the wild that we have a word that's proactively put in our life that we have stored up for such a time as this because when the devil comes, that's not the time to do repair. That's mayday, 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 mayday. And that's how we get led astray so quick is because we don't know the playbook. We don't even know what's going on. And this, is, this played out in my life so much. I, I might have called myself a Christian before God really transformed my life. I remember being totally into Wu-Tang. In Wu-Tang Clan, they would call each other gods. And God was just a part of the culture where, if you don't know Wu-Tang Clan, it's a rap group. So in the mid-90s, late-90s, I got a cat named Wu-Tang. I'm all about Wu-Tang. It's rap everywhere. And it's like, yo, what up, God? What up, God? And, and I remember we're in a basketball tournament at the Gus Macker, and this guy hits me in the face. I hit him back, but how many know you don't, it's the second call that, get, that gets caught, so the second response, so then I got kicked out of the tournament, and I'm on the sidelines going all mad, you know, little man syndrome, just like yelling at everybody, and uh, this dude comes up to me, and he goes, bro, you need to chill out. It's probably 
37-year-old man, super old guy at the time. <laughs> and, and I looked at him and I go, man, I'm just doing what the Bible says. And he looked at me perplexed. Yeah, I'm treating others how they treated me. And he goes, that's the furthest thing away from the scripture. If it's eye for an eye, everybody's left blind. But the golden rule that Jesus teaches is do unto others as you wish they would do unto you. See, I had some of it right. I had partly of the word right, you know? Where, and when I worked at the car lot, there's the joke where it's like, go outside and change the blinker fluid. You, don't, you haven't, you guys don't carry blinker fluid? Come on, somebody's got blinker fluid for sure in this place. Who's got blinker fluid? Somebody? You don't have any blinker fluid? You got some? In the sound booth, you got blinker fluid. There's no such thing as blinker fluid. And I remember being out there at the car lot, you know, you just, because you're not really listening. You're like, go outside, blinker fluid. What's blinker fluid? I'm like, oh, I get it. Joke's on me. There's no blink, there's no. Blinker is electric. It's electrical. It's a bulb. There's no fluid. Because the devil masters at giving you partial truths. And if we don't know the word in context, we won't be able to tell him, under the authority of Jesus Christ, get behind by Jesus' authority, by knowing the word. Look at Psalm 119.11 says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know you're here on a Sunday or you're listening, you're tuning in. There's no way that some of us showed up today and was like, yeah, you know what I want to do with my life? Be the chief sinner. Nobody. But yet we find ourselves succumbing to the wild too often because there is a war, there is a battle and the battle's not out there. You know where the battle starts? In here. The battle in the heart. The battle of right and wrong. It wasn't out there, it was in here. Now, of course, if we're ranking evil, there is a level that acts of evil are worse than other acts. Like a thought isn't as bad as the action. But Jesus has a way of calibrating all of us where he said, if you have hate in your heart towards your brother, it's as if you murdered. Like, dang, Jesus, you're such a buzzkill. Why you gotta show up for the party? And then he says, if you have a lustful thought towards somebody that's not your spouse, that is adultery. Dang, Jesus, just by thinking it? And what is happening is he's saying, hey, look, all of us are dead in sin, as the word teaches. None of us can get back to God. None of us will be good enough because what's going on in our lives and in our heart, we need a savior to redeem us. We need a superhero. And our superhero, when tested, when tempted, when in the storm, our superhero, he combated the devil with the word of God. That is awesome. Because we have a playbook that we can do the same thing. Look at how the message puts Psalm 119. It says, how can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin 
myself bankrupt. Be blessed. God, train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. To store up God's word, and we know it can't just be here. It's not just memory alone, as though committing to memory is very important as we're storing it up. When someone goes to war, their training kicks in. If they're playing sports, muscle memory kicks in. Followers of Jesus, an hour on a Sunday will never be enough. We need God's word here, but not just here in memory, to transform and be stored here in my heart. So therefore, there's a savings that I can withdraw on when the devil comes to steal, the devil comes to kill, and the devil comes to destroy. And he's been doing it a long time. But the temptations that many of us think and face and feel, we might feel that they're custom, and there is a level of customization for each one of us, (laughs) but there is not sins that are uncommon to all of us. It is so, it always perplexes me when I hear people describe that their story's unique to them and that nobody else would get it. All of us are tempted by the tempter. And it might not be one for one the exact same, but it's under the same category. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So therefore, we want to combat the devil with the word of God being Jesus. So we have to study the real McCoy. Study the one who achieved to destroy the devil's power and free those who are held slavery by their fear of death and by sin. Jesus being the one who is merciful and the faithful high priest, the forerunner, who went in service to God to atone for our sins and also to be the one who is able to sympathize with us because he understands what it is like to be tempted. To know our weaknesses, we study the real McCoy. So may I submit to all of us today, it's the Bible. The Bible being God's word revealed, written through imperfect people for God to show us what he is doing in the world. Now, in the scriptures, it is not a step-by-step guide to show you everything you do today. There's many questions that we will constantly leave reading from. We'll find, oh, well, where did evil start? Why, did, why is evil here? What is, why is there a battle between God and the devil? Why is the devil? You, we don't get all of the I's dotted and the T's crossed, but we get the general story of who God is and what he's doing about the evil in the world, the evil that's in our own lives, the sin that's in us that we need to be saved. Because if we're comparing ourselves to somebody else, we we can find somebody we're better than, but we're comparing ourselves to God, we are never good enough. And then we look at Jesus who went into the wilderness for us and we're like, oh, thank you. 
And then we see how Jesus leads the way, covers us, is that blocker, clothes us with his righteousness. He is the spotless lamb that paid the payment for all of sin to cleanse and buy me and you back. And that it is preserved through in God's word, the story of what God is doing, which if we had to break it up in some categories, you have creation then you have the fall rebellion of mankind. Then you have God's redemption plan being Jesus. Then we have the restoration of all things when Jesus returns. Now, the Bible in John 1, when we think of, is it written? Well, no, the, the word is, yes, it is written, but the word is with God and the word was God. The word is Jesus. The word is living, it's alive. That these words that are translated even from different languages here, that God in his sovereignty has preserved his word so that me and you, when we read it, this is what happens. God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see that it doesn't just come head knowledge when it gets stored in our heart, when the Holy Spirit does something, ignites it us with uh, the, the, the spirit of adoption and we are brand new and therefore now we're sons and daughters and we, we hang on every word that our chief shepherd teaches us as sheep and we want to know and that's why it becomes life to us. That's why it hits different. That's why when you go to even a Sunday like today and we hear the word of God preached, we feel different. But what happens is that what God spoke in public or even in private in our own lives, the devil will come also to come steal that in public or steal that in private. And he'll use what? Just like he tempted Jesus, he'll use the word. But he'll use these half-truths or things that are out of context. So therefore we have to know the word. And this isn't to shame us today with saying, in one sense, you know, I, I would be concerned where it's like, if picture I have a Bible up here right now and I'm just banging it on your head. Like, read the word, read the word, read the word, read the word. But once you realize who is the word, Jesus, and that the word is life, and that God comes to give us life and that Jesus used the word when he was tempted, when he was tested. So in the word, just real quick, just like, how do I read the Bible? You might not even know where to start. It might be as simple today as downloading the Bible app and just getting a verse of a day. But some helpful things that might guide you along the way is the Bible has many different types of writing. There's poetry, there's apocalyptic, there's law, there's narrative, there's prophecy, there's the gospels, there's letters, there's wisdom literature, there's parable, psalms, genealogy, proverbs, and there's so many different styles. This is why it matters that we understand when how to read our Bible, first thing, the first border is the context. What was the meaning to the original audience for them then? The cultural background, the historical background, the geog geographical background? What is the story arc of all of scripture? You know, the bigger narrative. What is the New Testament? What is the entire book I'm in? There wasn't originally chapters or these addresses, so we're in Matthew 4, but you could rewind it, and if you're looking at it, reading it together, and you don't have those addresses, well, it's connected with Matthew 3, which is also connected with Matthew 5. And then we start to get biblical literacy, where now we have some confidence, which already I can realize that some people are like, I don't even know where to start. This is where maybe a study Bible will help. And this is the strong pitch to say, if we don't know where to start, get in a group. Don't do this alone. 
There's no Lone Ranger Christianity. Jesus is the forerunner who went alone to fight the devil, but he didn't tell any of us to go alone into the wilderness. We need each other. We need to know God's word. And when Jesus went into the, the wild, we understand the context for them then is that there is also a backdrop that when we think wild or wilderness, it should instantly rewind to Moses and God's people, Israel, the story of what God is doing with their ultimate redemption plan to bring through Israel, which then is fruition, uh, come to fruition in Jesus, but they failed the test. It wasn't 40 days for them, it was 40 years. And just like me and you, we always fail the test. And then you go back even further. When's the other wilderness or when the test happened? Adam and Eve in the garden. So this is penned on purpose to show us the connection from Exodus and all the way back to Genesis that now Jesus has won. And this is the power you and I have and we can follow the same template. There's three patterns of the, and temptations of the devil that are common to all of us that we will face. And every time Jesus responds to the devil, he's quoting Scripture. Number one, one of the patterns of the temptations of the devil is the lust of the flesh. This is where he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus was hungry, remember? Does God know that in order for us to live, we need bread and water? Absolutely. But even if we have bread and water, there's something more that we all long for, which is the word of life, living bread. Living water that never runs dry. Bread that never gets stale. And that is what we all crave. But the lust of the flesh can sometimes be screaming so loud. But our spirit is crying for more. The second temptation is the pride of life. This is where the devil says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. The pride of life. And then the third temptation that we all will face in life is the lust of the eyes. This is where the devil says, look. Look at how much power and authority to be caught up in this vision. We don't know the specifics of what is being shown to Jesus, but when we think of the, the, the powerful entities or government uh, or kingdoms that have taken place or even taken place today, we can think of having all of this power now that the devil's trying to tempt him with and Jesus being the ultimate king, being the ultimate one that has the kingdom, does not bow. And then finally says, be gone, Satan, because I will worship God. I can't be bought. 
and I will serve him only, period. We will be tempted by the flesh. We will be tempted by pride of life and we will be tempted by the lust of our eyes. So how do we then overcome it? It's storing the word in our heart. You might be here today and you say, well, how does Jesus have credibility? Does he even understand my pain? Well, Hebrews 4.15 records it this way. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet is without sin. This is why it's good to trust Jesus because then we say, oh, I'm weak, but he isn't. He provides a way out in every moment. You know, God, let's go to Matthew 4 at the very beginning. Matthew 4, verse 1. The devil didn't lead Jesus into the wilderness. Sometimes the the temptations and the tests we face, we blame the devil, but it might be a test that God has put us into so that the light of heaven can be turned on. Because look, Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This was a God plan. God plan. God has orchestrated moments in our lives that we're led into the wilderness, into the wild, and no longer, I pray, that we will not be equipped, that we, have, we can fight back by the authority of Jesus Christ that's inside of you, by the king that is above all kings, by the name that is above all names, by taking the same technique that Jesus used in the wilderness that the word can hit different when we're tested by the wild things, by the battle, to have the word in us. So we got to start somewhere. And one of the things that the word says is, you know, where God says, um, or where people will say, God never gives you more than you can handle. Yes and no. So God, I think God does allow many times for things in our life that are more than you and I can handle. Because if we could do it, we wouldn't need God. So I am of the, the, the belief that I can't, but God can. I'm weak, but he is strong. I fail, but he can get me back up. And the, the God never gives you more than you can handle might've come out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13 where it says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So don't you ever think that your temptation is, is just so elite that no one else would get it. Well, if you only knew my pain, if you only knew my story, I get it. There's some deep things in this, in this room that the devil has been, had a generational stronghold and there's been some trauma and some situations that are horrible. And for that, I am sorry and I pain with you. But God... He knows and he sees all of that and he wants to rewrite our stories. And one of the things is for us to acknowledge like, oh, well, I'm not the only one. My pain that God cares about and that all of us are going through pain because no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And it continues this way, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. This might be where God never gives you more than you can handle we have to believe it's possible, watch. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. 
You know when you get tempted, we don't have to, I mean, if you want to, we can talk about very specifically how and what, but hopefully you, know, you guys can read between the lines. Y'all, don't act like you're sweet. You ain't sweet. I've swore before around some Christians, and I remember it was like the apocalypse. I'm thinking, dang, dude, if I swore around, I, whoa, that was G-rated between what's going on in my mind and what's went in my life. So what in the world? Are we here to play mass Christian? You know, we're here to play uh, glass house. Nobody's perfect. If we were to read all of our thoughts and all of our sin and the way the devil tempts, he does not tempt G-rated. He is wanting to destroy us. And in light of that, though, you know what, how we have power is that God gives you a way out. You know, he's like knocking when you know you just shouldn't do something. And you look back and you're like, oh, God was always giving me a way out. I remember I had a friend who told me he had some uh, breakthrough in purity for overcoming sexual temptation. And I remember I was an early Christian thinking, I mean, honestly, I just didn't have a lot of framework. And when he had told me his breakthrough and the purity that was possible, I remember instantly belief in my life, I started having a different pep in my step because what he was preaching was, he was testifying about his own life of how the word has been transforming him. But then I started seeing this passage come alive that every time I was tempted, whether that was glory, you know, money, gold, or girls and temptation, anytime I was tempted, I started realizing and noticing God had always provided an exit out of every situation to store the word in our heart means we can now stand on this. We're not the same as we leave this place. You have a way to escape every situation because God's word says it. <laughs> so here's the action today. And I'm gonna, worship team, will you guys come up? Um, the action is, man, I pray that we would get in the word, be in the word. If Jesus used the word in the wilderness, then let's get in the word. And let's not get the word here, just memory, but let's get it here. But memory is a good place to start. So in our household, what we just recently purchased was some memory cards because we're like, Ugh. the kids, especially our youngest right now, they love sports. They could, tell you, they could tell you the top five NBA greats and they're only nine years old. They can tell you Larry Bird should be in it. They can tell you Kareem shouldn't be in it. LeBron should be in it. They, should tell you, they can tell you Kobe. They haven't even seen these people play. They know stats like crazy. And as a dad, I'm thinking, what am I leading them into? They can quote ESPN like crazy, but I don't know if they can quote the Bible. So I was like, I got to do something about it. So we got on Amazon and we got these Bible verse cards. Just start, okay, we got to commit this to memory. (laughs) We got to get this in their heart. And this is just a practical way. Just using this as a sermon prop today, but really hopefully an action item in your life, in my life, to say, Jesus used the word in the wilderness. May I too. And so even as the kids are going to learn these things, don't get it twisted. Even a pastor who's been in the word for a long time, oh, I still need it. Oh, I still need it. Coach me like a rookie, God. In fact, the Pharisees thought they had it figured out. Jesus is harshest on the religious crowd because it's better to have Never have known than to know and to not know why. Here's one verse, John 14, 14. You may ask me any, for anything in my name and I will do it. Now let's get another verse. Pull it out, John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you 
free. This stored in my heart, not words on a paper, and to know it authentically. That way we're proactive that when the wars come and when the battle comes, we put this in us so that we can overcome. And friend, you and me, we can't ever do this alone. I can't emphasize that enough. That first, you say, in the authority of Jesus Christ, devil, get behind me, not your authority. Second, to have God's word in us, but to also have a community of people to text out mayday, mayday. Because when the storm hits, that's not the time to try to get some Christians. That's mayday, that's triage situation. We need to be proactive. We might not always feel it. Ah, the word didn't hit me today the same. Ah, that's okay. Let's commit to a lifestyle. You might not always feel like drinking water, but somehow you do it every day, you know? You might not always like the meal you eat, but somehow you eat it. You might not always like the job you go do, but somehow you go there, right? And uh, somehow we scrutinize, yeah, but God's word ain't filling me up today, you know? What? Come on. So anyways, sorry. Uh, I don't want to Bible thump you. This can be some great things. Get a, get a study Bible if you need a study Bible or uh, one, BibleGateway.com is free. The Bible app is free. But if you want a physical copy and you can't afford one, tell the Connect team. They'll make sure you get one this week somehow, some way. We believe so much that we need the word this year to be the people that God's called us to be, to know the word, to, to, to have the right perspective that when the devil comes to bluff, when the devil comes to give three quarters truths, that we don't have just head knowledge, we have heart heart power. We don't just know the word here, but we know the word being Jesus. And I want to pray for us. I want to pray for a hunger to want God's word. I want to pray that we would want to read God's word. We would want to let it read us. And we would want to store it in our life and memorize it so that we can speak in those moments when we're tested to say, no, this is what God's word says about me, this situation, and about the devil that he is defeated and he is under our feet because of the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your people. In this room is the spirit of being proactive Christians, that we're not just gonna come into the oil change of heaven and uh, when, our, when our engine needs repair, we wanna be people that, we look at the dashboard earlier. We wanna be prepared in and out of season. God, we want to put the word in our heart and store it so deep that this week there would be a new hunger, a new thirst, that there would even be a distaste of everything that's not like you. Everything that's good even, that's not you, God, burn it off of us. Purify our lives, purify our motives. God, show us the escape signs when the devil's coming to tempt us. God, help us scream out, mayday, mayday, that we need help, that we're not alone. May we be people that can comfort and cover and champion and correct. Be a people that keep our first love you at the forefront. God, we thank you that you're the forerunner and that your promises are true. We have a high priest that can sympathize with our weaknesses. Thank you, God. We thank you that your word is something that not only can we stand on, we can build our lives in. We wanna be people that have the word in us for the wild. And we pray this today in the powerful name that is above every name that defeated the devil, Jesus Christ, the banner over everyone's life 
that is in Christ. And if you're not in Christ yet, I pray you would feel his grace to come back home and say, I believe in you, make me brand new. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Come on, God is good. His word is perfect. And we thank God for who he is. He's the God of Abraham, he's the God of covenant, and he's the God of faithful promises. Let's worship as we close today and be people that are in the word.
that means? That means that the sin of yesterday, the sin of today, and the sin of tomorrow is washed away. And some would say, well, isn't that cheap grace? That if you can just keep being unforgiven, you might as well just go on sinning. No, that's not understanding what grace is then. That whoever's forgiven of much would love much. And that love leads to obedience. When you love someone, you want to obey and you want to learn about them. So I pray that one, we don't feel any shame. That's the devil's language. We don't feel any condemnation when we leave the place. Here today, that's the devil's language. Well, that we have a conviction to let God transform us as we're renewed day by day. That's heaven's language. And we let the word wash over us and to teach us, to train us. And as sheep, knowing our shepherd's voice so that when the enemy comes with a false word, we can say, nope, get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. So I pray that there's a confidence, there's a wholeness, there's a boldness, but there's also a sense of urgency and desperation to say, I want to know God's word for myself. Man, I might know sports stats more than I know something else. That's convicting. That's convicting. We're looking forward to diving in more this season, doing memory cards and like, hey, what's up? Let's get this in us more and more and more and more. Let's be in the word. We need the word in the wild. We got to have a word that's in due season. And we want to be hungry people that are teachable. This is the real bread of life. Amen. So hopefully you can get in a group. If you can't, hey, no condemnation if it doesn't fit your schedule. We'll see you next week. We're going to continue the B series. 10 a.m. and 11.30, all races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time, and we won't stop until Jesus comes back and he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives.